With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. the last show for Saturdays in the Gong for 2023 live from Wollongong Golf Club. I'm Tim Barrow. It's been an era of frustration for Illawarra Sport. The Illawarra Hawks are still trying to find their groove in the NBL. It's a year where Anthony Griffin went for coffee and never returned at Wynn Stadium. The Panthers up the road produced one of the great comebacks to uh, win a third straight premiership. They offered so much hope over the ditch where the Warriors made it all the way to a prelim. The All Blacks almost stole the final spot, being a man short at the Rugby World Cup. And at the end of it all, the Kiwis won the, uh, the Pacific Championship anyway. Uh, locally, Thirul, well, they did it last way to win the Illawarra Rugby League Premiership. While Gerringong in Group 7 victory in South Coast AFL and Shoalhaven in the Illawarra Rugby showed why they're the powerhouse clubs that they are. Good morning to you, 15.75am Illawarra and 11.70 for the first hour in Sydney. I'm Tim Barrow. We've got the full cast of Saturdays in the gong today. The Illawarra Mercury's Mitch Jennings, Illawarra Hawks General Manager Matt Campbell and Fox Sports Matt Russell. Good morning, lads. Baz, what's my Saturday morning going to be without rocking up here to see you barefoot as per normal and wearing your... Number one T-shirt, Terry Lamb. Terry Lamb, absolutely. The uh, the number six Canterbury jersey walking off into the horizon. I'll tell you what, I wish we could wind back the clock a little bit with Terry Lamb and get him back playing for the Bulldogs next year. He'd probably year go all right now, I reckon. You know, he's that much of a competitor. There's, the, what, there's the voice of Mitch Jennings. I wondered whether we'd ever hear it again after Tuesday's Cup Day at Kembla Grange. Sorry, Royal Kembla Grange Gardens. Royal good Kembla. to see you back with us, brother. Uh, my pleasure. It was fantastic, fantastic day there, wasn't it? It was good. I, um, like I said, I was probably a dollar one to be MVP out of this crew when it came to that type of stuff. So it was really good. I tell you what, you can. What are we going to do on Saturday morning? Because I tell you, I fear for my Friday nights will look like now for, until February when you haven't got to get up and do radio. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens that way. But uh, what a year it's been, boys. It's uh, yeah, been a pleasure again. Yes, and on the back of a great week of racing, obviously the Melbourne Cup during the week, and that's what we're talking about to the listeners. Hopefully, the uh, listeners did have a win. Tough day of racing up from my end. I think I had about seven or eight second and third place getters during the day, so that didn't help the hip pocket, but what a fantastic day of racing. Oh, it was absolutely brutal for me. Yeah, the Saturdays in the gong team. We were down there at Kembla Grange on Cup Day. you got to say, I wish you'd have been there to watch Baz's tie. Just got, he rocked up and it was tied right up there under the chin, looking probably as the day went on. I just watched the tie get looser and looser and looser. I thought it was going to end up on your head by the end. That, that's just standard <laughs> fare for me in the races. <laughs> With every loss, though, it just sort of <laughs> it just slipped further down. It was, uh, yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough one riding a shotgun to Tim Barrow. We obviously, we ended up smack bang at the table as it, as it does. And riding a shotgun on for Tim Barrow that day, rough, 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 rough. 
We're going to head to the gong in a few weeks on November 25, the Million Dollar Race Day, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll be talking to Steve Keane from the Illawarra Turf Club later. Let's touch on the NRL season. I actually saw uh, Tyrell Sloan and Zach Lomax getting coffee across the road there this morning at the end of St George yeah, Illawarra back training. training. Under Flano. Now, they haven't made a lot of moves yet in the market in terms of St George Illawarra, but a little bit of renewed optimism with Shane Flanagan getting the feet under the desk now. Yeah, I think there is. I think the, the, what speaks to that is the fact that you saw Zach Lomax just over the road because he wasn't due back at training even this early. Neither was Blake Laurie, guys like that. But they've all, they've all come back early to, to rip in and you're not doing that. If you're not dragging your feet, if uh, you're not you know, excited and, and confident about what's uh, what's to come. So, yeah, I think certainly renewed, as you said, hope uh, under Shane Flanning. And like, not a lot of moves yet made, but they're in the market for everything, aren't they? Boy, oh boy, like you said, we talked about, uh, you know, Joey Manu. We've heard, you know, Tom Dearden. We've heard Adam Fanua Blake was on the radar to possibly come across. But I think, uh, look, they're all... That's all more of a longer game, I think. I think we have Dragons fans need to steal themselves for, you know, a year. It's going to be basically what they've got on deck as we see it on paper right now and going through. Kyle Flanagan back at training looked all right in the uh, in the red and white. He's the interesting one for me, boy, boy, because everyone's sort of ripped him off as an NRL playmaker, really, and said, oh, he could be find a role as a bit of a number 14 here and there, and that's basically what he was brought to the Dragons to be. But obviously with Telltale Moan and what's going on there and a lack of general depth uh, in the spine positions across the board, he, he's going to end up there. You're going to say it'd probably be him and Ben Hunt come round one now. Baz, wouldn't that be something if he, in those circumstances, on the scrap heap, thrown a lifeline by Dad at the uh, at the club to bring him across to play a role that he's not going to end up in? Imagine if he recaptures, well, both gentlemen. Imagine if he recaptures, Matty, the the form or the potential that we, uh, you know, all once thought he had. It'll be a really interesting storyline in 2024. But you're right, looking at it through, you know, red and white eyes. The majority of Generation Next is no suddenly Generation Next. Jaden Sullivan's a Tiger. Um, we know that Salone has been told to prepare maybe for a wing, not necessarily the fullback role. That might just be a straighten up. Who knows? And of course, Talatau Amon won't be there. So the th- the three big names that Dragons fans were hoping would emerge and thrive. Well, well basically, there's a there's Two of them are gone. There's a huge question mark over another. So, yeah, Kyle Flanagan, what does he do next year? It, it could be crucial. You for ra- the you raise a, yeah, it's a staggering point you raised, Matty, because it was with this, that 2019 Steelers SG ball side was, you know, they were compared to the to the Penrith crop. They were going to do that top through and to come through. They can power the, the joint venture. I think, oh, not to just put the boot in there, but I just think they were all badly mishandled through the Anthony Griffin era. I think if we end up looking at it and saying they're all gone, they're not the Dragons, how have we lost them? I think you've got to look at that, and I think that comes down to poor decision-making in that regard, Matty. But you can also throw in Max Finney was in that team. He's free to go, uh, whether that means Matt Finney follows him as well. The only one, you know, Conor Mulheason's there. He's come around. There's a few in-development contracts, but to think... The club, for whatever reason, and you know, it's easy to point fingers and say who's at fault for this, who's at fault for that. But the fact that there's been a failure to capitalise on on that, you've got to ask some questions. I actually wrote uh, a column about it uh, a couple of weeks ago and just spoke about it. And Baz, you'd be well aware of this, having been obviously at the Mercury and covered them. And we yeah. obviously, perhaps more than some other organisations, being the local organisation, we we take a real look at SG Ball, NYC, what's coming through. And there's been three distinct junior classes that were going to be the future of the club a couple of times. There was the Drew Hutchison, Jack Bird, Ewan Aiken, uh, Hastings um, quartet that came through. Hastings has never played for the Dragons. 
Jack Bird, obviously Daboon, elsewhere. Drew Hutchison's become part of the Dragons, so that didn't happen. Then we had the Dufty, the Jay Field, the Luciano Leilua, uh, the Jacob Host. There was that class that came through the 20s. Uh, under Dean Young and Ben Hornby, and that was going to be the next one. And for whatever reason, and every case is is different individual. Like a Matt Dufty, off the top of your head, you, you wouldn't say he wasn't given an opportunity to to become that guy, but just didn't work out. So there's been it probably shows you how difficult it is. You can have these great junior teams and these great junior players. It can be hard to bring them through. But uh, look, there's been those three distinct ones now that the Dragons haven't quite been able to to capitalise on, and it really it's really going to hurt the heartstrings or be a tough one to swallow for the for the fans down in our neck of the woods mm. if that Steelers team were all somewhere else by 2025. I know that the Dragons are looking forward to starting the season with clear air. For the first time in years, there's not going to be a huge question mark over the coach and the future of the coach. He's a premiership winning coach who's locked in long term. There's at least a bit of stability in that position and there won't be the storylines and headlines we've seen in, in past years. And if you put the Dragons to one side and you look back on 2024 or sorry, 2023, it started in sensational fashion. That first month, brutally hot, but the standard of rugby league I thought was unparalleled in, in comparison with previous years. Remember the first game was Golden Point, Melbourne, Parramatta. Harry Grant scores in Golden Point, a try to win it. I just thought that set the, the trend for the whole year. If you take maybe a somewhat flat Pacific Championships out of it, I just think the whole year was, was sensational rugby league at a standard that made it compelling uh, to watch. It's a great product and it's, it's going in a fantastic direction. We've spoken about the big start that's planned for, for next year. It is scary when you just come up for oxygen after a long taxing season. And they're lobbing in your email tray is the draw for next season. The pre-season comp. We're back <laughs> at it, Matty, pretty quickly, aren't February we? February 15th. I'm thinking, hang yeah. on a second. I'm hardly over. I'm not even over this season but yet. Is, there's a flat spot for me, Matty, in that run was probably just, and it's it's a perennial problem, and I think it's not going away, was through that origin period. I've, I've, been, I've been banging this drum for the last couple of years. It's got to be condensed. It's got to happen quicker. It's got to be a million miles an hour. It's got to be a sprint and not this marathon that it is. You've got all this stuff there's so much gap between game one and game three there's these monster camps the nrl season gets cannibalized through that point and i have been reading this week that the clubs and the clubs are obviously i wouldn't say the clubs are always acting in the best interests of of the game uh, i think there's very much out for number one but they quite rightly have a gripe about the amount of time not just the players they lose for the game but the camps these camps are monster what do they need to do for, for 14 days every time, Matty Campbell. You're, you're the one who's been in the high-performance environment. What do you After the first camp, what do you think they're doing in camps two and three to, to do it? But that's what I mean. So I, I just think that's the one issue, as you said, Matty Russell, it's the product's been fantastic. They seem to be getting the start of the season right now because, as you said, they were on from the jump. We haven't seen that in, in previous years. They were on for the jump. It just hits that flat spot. I think they need to do I'm a big fan of the three consecutive weeks or a fortnight basically you cram it in and that's what you do but I don't know Matty Campbell what are your thoughts yeah, on the look, way that plays it out? It is interesting it's obviously the, the, a lot of teams use it as a bit of a rest period it is a, it is a lull in the season as you said but a lot of the teams are using that time to, to try and get their team either back on track if they've had a bit of a lull but also they're using it to try and get their players through the middle part of the season now from an origin point of view obviously when they go into camp they've got to try and get a bit of continuity they've got team chemistry um, there is a lot riding on it from state to state. You see how passionate Queenslanders are and New South Wales when it comes to the situation. But, I, you know, it is a tough one. I, I think the game is so professional now and the size of the players 
to play it three weeks in a row, I think, oh, man, you're just asking for some injuries. Oh, I, th- I reckon they're getting more injured. Look, Nathan Cleary goes back and gets injured playing on the back of an Origin game because he's playing a couple of days later. You're telling me a, a week apart from all these games that they do like it's a mini fight, like a finals. I still think it's better. In the day, you needed these long camps because what do they do? They pick the team on form every single year. And there was mm. probably a different coach who was also part-time. You needed that time to get everyone in sync. Now we've got these full-time Origin coaches. People get picked on what they did three series ago because we need combinations and all this sort of stuff that you hear. Like, honestly, I, I think cram it in. It's the one thing, if you said to me, because we're, we're talking draw, it came out yesterday, there's one thing that must be fixed. It's that origin lull because that, that Leviathan that swallows everything up mid-year every year, it does my head in. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's the one thing. We're talking about how great last year was, and I agree with Matty Russell when he talked about the intensity levels. Those first five weeks, I haven't, th- I haven't seen an opening to a season like that, which is exciting. So we're, we're seeing a level come up in, in just general play across the superstars down to the bottom of the list. It's outstanding at the moment. If I've got a gripe, my gripe is the bunker. I just, the way it slows the game down, I just While can't While we're in Festivus hand- mode, I, know, yeah. I just, I can't handle it. They can re- re- play back to the start of that possession and, and if anything goes wrong they can they can bring it back I mean if you got a microscope on any sport right now you'd be able to find holes in every part of it I'm I'm sorry I'm like keep the game rolling just let's get rid of the bunker or clean it up the bunker's an international problem though I mean I'm, I'm a massive rugby league fan but I'm also a massive English Premier League fan mm. those seasons overlap go and go into our summer the English Premier League obviously the VAR over there, it's a mess. The yes. offside calls, all sorts of drama at the moment and controversy. So it really is a mess in terms of the level of technology and no one has a straight answer on how much you need to pair it back, how distinct it needs to be, whether technology should just overtake it all in terms of review. So, yeah, there's, there's huge questions in terms of that. But you talk about the rugby league product, it is as good as it's ever been. And I think part of that is the fact that the Dolphins came into the competition this year. There was great fears that they didn't get enough in terms of recruitment and have star players. And Wayne Bennett did a magnificent job with them in terms of them being uh, competitive with some big wins, particularly early in the season. Now, we talked about the NRL draw coming out. Uh, both broadcasters, through their respective media outlets, released teasers and part of the season. So St George Illawarra's first five rounds reportedly the Titans away, the Dolphins away, the Cowboys at home, the Sea Eagles at home, and then the Knights away. There's a sense of opportunity there if Shane Flanagan can have them up and running early. Yeah, it's a top, no top four sides, which is a, a tough swing to start to go to Queensland twice. But when you think about it, I mean, would you rather be doing that in the middle of the season when you're a bit wounded, you carry niggles, all of a sudden you're spending two weeks on the road? It's probably something that you want to, you know, get out of the way nice and early. I think I think the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins early on this year with the, the recruits they've got riding the, you know, season number two, it's they're going to be tough to play early on. The Titans, obviously, under Des Hasler now, there's a there's a, a new era and, and everything else. The, the Knights, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, we saw both sides of them last year. They went on that incredible run, but we've seen teams do that. But look at the Cowboys. We've seen teams do that, you know, and then fade away the next year. So we'll have to see what that is. But like you said, Baz, I think opportunity's the word. There's no reason mm. the Dragons can't get their campaign off to a good to a good start if that does, in fact, end up being the uh, the rounds, which we believe it will be. The first hour of this great show greats in the, goes into Sydney. So when it comes to West's Tigers, I, I was reading about them and the fact that... So round zero in Vegas, they obviously not involved. Then the rest of round one, the following week, they're, they're not involved. They've got a first round bye. So they'll watch 
two weekends of NRL before the third weekend where they actually try. I mean, is that good or bad for a, a team that's run last and has a new coach? It's bad. Bad, bad. I think it, yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter who it is. The you want to be involved from the get-go, well, don't you? And, well, yeah, there's that factor, but the Dragons... Um, obviously had that deal with last year. Yeah. Now, no one wants to buy first round because the buy through the year in such a tough year, and we're talking about how tough it is now, how good the quality is, but how tough it is to, to go week in, week out in the competition now. You want that buy, you know, as, a, as an oasis. You want that buy somewhere there when you really need it through the campaign to burn one straight out of the gate. It's uh, it's never what you want. It's it's not what you want at all. But as far as their chance, how it impacts their chances of winning in round uh, round two and three, I think it's a moot point, but it's just not what you want the buy to start. And some talk that the Dragons, speaking of buyers, are going to be having the buy during Magic Round, so that'll be yeah, uh, interesting good. that they've oh, honestly, missed out. But it does mean that oh. there's one less trip away. Have so. you watched Magic Round and the Dragons' efforts in it the last <laughs> couple of years? I saw yesterday people, but, were, but pu- people were pumping it up as a snub or Dragons fans going to be positive. They'll be relieved. Hang on. Magic, <laughs> Magic Round is a round for the fans. <laughs> to, to all go to one venue, Magic Round is a round for the fans. And the Dragons, despite their poor form in recent years, have had a huge support base for a long, long time. Does that make sense, taking out one of the huge support bases from a round designed for the fans? I we can debate that. Turn. It's when, just their turn, Matty, I think. When are we going <sighs> to do our predictions, our fearless predictions for 2024? We'll get to some fearless okay. predictions later. I can see the grass growing here at Wollongong Golf Club after rain midweek and this beautiful humid sunshine. I can see the grass growing. I thought that was your prediction. I said that's a bold one, that. <laughs> no, just, the grass just, will grow at Wollongong Golf Club. How good is the Wollongong Golf Club looking, by the way? It, it, like, come on. Picture perfect on a Saturday morning. Hey, we're going to go to our first break because when we're going to come back, we're going to grill Matt Campbell on how the Hawks launch their campaign up in Cairns. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. <laughs> 